0: The Holy Gospel according to John, the eighth chapter. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have, have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, "Very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits a sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, as we've mentioned now a couple of times this morning, this is Reformation Sunday. Um, And there are a lot of things we could talk about on Reformation Sunday, the cultural, political, economic, theological forces that sort of created the Reformation. I was chatting with someone after the first service about some of those economic forces. We could talk about the musical legacy of Martin Luther. We all know A Mighty Fortress, but the last hymn we just sang is also written by him. But today, I want to draw our attention to a single word, and the word is freedom. And I want to draw our attention to that word because of that gospel reading we heard Clark read for us. It's from the eighth chapter of John. It's very short. Um, and it recounts an encounter that Jesus has with some of his followers who, like Jesus, were Jews. So here's uh, what it, how it begins. This is uh, John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue my word, in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. That's actually a pretty famous line from the Bible. You've all heard that line, I presume, maybe? Somewhere in the back of your collective subconscious, yes? Yeah. Anyone? <laughs> all right, good. Someone shared with me that it, it's actually, I have not seen the movie, but it's, is it in the movie Liar, Liar? I guess. And Okay, we'll talk about that later. Um, anyway, that's how Jesus begins the conversation. And then... The people he's talking to respond in a way, I'm gonna suggest their response is curious. Here's what they say. They answered him, we are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Now, I say that's a curious response. I'm gonna lift up three reasons why it's curious. And I don't think you have to be an incredible biblical scholar to know about actually any of these, but certainly not the first one. One of the most important stories of the Old Testament um, is the story of the Exodus, of the Hebrew people out of Egypt where they were (laughs) slaves. It's really important, folks. You cannot overstate the significance of that story of the Hebrew people being freed from slavery in Egypt, okay? Another story also in the Old Testament is about something called the Babylonian captivity or the Babylonian exile, when another superpower of the ancient world went and brought the people of Israel to Babylon, where there were many things, but they were certainly not free. The most curious reason, though, I think that the, I find it curious that these individuals respond to Jesus that way is that there they are, Uh, in Jerusalem or somewhere near Jerusalem, which at that time was what? Occupied by Rome, the most powerful political and military empire in the world. They were certainly not free then either. So again, their response is somewhat curious and it suggests that they were either misinformed or uh, in denial or willfully being ignorant about both their own circumstances or the circumstances of their their ancestors. Now, at that point, Jesus could have said to them, hey, y'all, you seem to be confused about some facts about your existence. Let me correct you. But instead, rather than kind of continuing down the line of talking about um, economic or political or military bondage, Jesus shifts the conversation to uh, a topic, I'm gonna suggest, of spiritual bondage. And here's what Jesus says. Jesus answered them, very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. And I want to suggest here that that spiritual bondage is what allows us in Plymouth, Minnesota in 2022 or people of any time and place to connect to this narrative. Because as Christians, that's what we believe we are. And I want to also remind us when Jesus is talking about sin here, he's not doing sort of shame on you shame on you for what you did or what you didn't do. That's sin with a small s. He's talking about sin with a capital S, suggesting that, folks, we have a problem here. The world is not as it should be. It's not as God designed it. And as a result, we're not in right relationship with God. or in right relationship with one another, which is why almost every time we gather to worship, Early on in the service, we have something called the confession of sin. Now, the words, the specific words vary from season to season to sort of keep them fresh for us. And we didn't use these specific words this morning, but some of the most famous words that we use for the confession of sin are, let's see if you all can remember these, speaking of Kathy's uh, children's sermon about memory. We confess that we are in bondage to sin and Cannot Right. There we are, that word freedom, right? We confess that we are in bondage, we are enslaved by sin, and we cannot free ourselves. I want to suggest this morning that our ability to confess that week in and week out requires both courage and humility courage because it means that we're willing to face the truth of our circumstances, and humility because we're willing to say, I need help. I cannot fix this life thing, this situation on my own. So I think it's a good thing a healthy thing, a positive thing, that we come here and we confess our sins. It turns out, though, I've been doing this long enough, I'm not sure the world agrees with us about that. I think the world often looks at us and says things like, you Christians, you're weak. Or they'll say, people will say, why are you so pessimistic? You're always talking about sin. Why are you glass half empty? You know, why are you so negative? And I want to suggest that's a category error, right? When the world looks at us and says we're being negative or pessimistic or glass half empty, that's the wrong way to think about it. It has nothing to do with our sort of attitude. We would claim we are simply being correct, accurate, Responsible in our reading of the circumstances. I, I actually think it's exactly the same as if you would go back in time and talk to someone in Jesus' time who was saying, "Hey, does, you know here we are. Uh, Rome is occupying us," And you'd respond, "Oh, don't be so negative." <laughs> right? Or you' go to the Babylonian exile and someone says, "Gosh, here we are. We're not in our homeland," and someone would say, "What are you talking about? We're right here in Jerusalem." Right? Or if you go back even further to the time of Moses, someone might say, just talking about the facts of the situation. Here we are enslaved by Pharaoh. And the person would say, no, we're not. You wouldn't say those people are being positive. You, were, you would say they are in denial. Right, They're misunderstanding the reality of the circumstance. So here, we remember those words from 1 John, which are often also... Uh, used in confession, when we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But when we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and free us. There's that word again, from all unrighteousness, right? So that's why we're here today, as we are every Sunday. Now you may say, yeah, but Tim, this is Reformation Sunday. We're supposed to be talking about Martin Luther. Why are you talking about sin and freedom? So let me conclude by reminding you of a story about Martin Luther and how important this concept of freedom was for him, how central it was to his understanding of himself. Kathy, in her children's sermon, mentioned that one of Luther's genuine, amazing achievements was translating the Bible from the ancient languages of Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek into uh, German. That was not only a theological achievement, it was actually a literary achievement, because the German language had not yet been standardized in written form. And so Martin Luther, in a very real way, kind of single-handedly created what we today call modern German. And the fact that the language had not yet been standardized Included people's names. This may sound weird to you, but Martin Luther's own father and mother spelled the family name Luther in a variety of ways, none of which are the way that we know it today. None of which are L-U-T-H-E-R. So why do we know Luther's last name in that spelling? I've shared this story before, but I think it bears repeating. We know it in that spelling because Luther, again, who understood and knew ancient languages, knew that the Greek word for Freedom is Eleutheria, Eleutheria. And so Luther standardized the spelling of his last name based on that Greek word so that every time he signed his name, he would be signing it Martin the Freed One, Martin the one who has been set free. Or the corollary to that, Martin, the one who needed to be set free, Martin, the one who could not free himself, Martin, the one who thanks God and Jesus for freeing him. On this Reformation Sunday, I pray that with Martin Luther we can also come here, acknowledge our circumstances, acknowledge our sinfulness, And turn to God so that God can heal us and that, yes, God can free us. Not for our own sake only, but so that we can leave this place and share that amazing freedom with a world in need. Happy Reformation Sunday. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Good and loving God, we give you thanks today for the witness and courage of Martin Luther and the other reformers. We give thanks for his courage in acknowledging his sinfulness. And we thank him for pointing us to your love and grace. And today we pray you will allow us to also unburden ourselves so that you can free us for the sake of the world. And all this we pray in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.